One day, I opened the closet door in the hallway and saw a bucket with a lid inside. When I lifted the lid, I saw eight kilos of cocaine. One of them had been cut open, and I heard Bill's voice behind me. Take as much as you want. I bent down and picked up what looked like a white rock. It was the purest cocaine I had ever seen. On several other occasions when I opened doors in that house and found myself staring at paving stone-sized blocks of cocaine wrapped in paper and marked Colombia plus something in Spanish. There would often be an open pack on a table somewhere with a small silver spoon pushed into the powder ready for you to help yourself to as much as you liked. One day Bill turned to me and said, Hey man, you want to make a couple grand? What do I have to do? You just need to transport two kilos of this coke to Hawaii. He nodded towards the open closet doors. How am I meant to do that without getting busted? You tape it to your body and board the plane like normal. I thought about it for a few seconds, a.k.a. no time at all, and said, I'm in. A few days later, we opened one of the two kilo packs and then we packed it all into smaller pouches that we taped to my body. Once that was done, I put on an exercise belt to hold everything into place. I then pulled on a large shirt and jacket over the top. We went through everything in minute detail and Bill said, no taking any of it out to do a line in the airport bathroom because if anyone sees that you're high, you're screwed. Naturally, I was nervous as hell when the time came. I remember I had a surfboard with me so that I looked like I was a real surfer. Back then, the security checks weren't anything like they are now. So in principle, all I had to do was walk straight through and board the plane. Though it felt like the longest five hours of my life, I managed to keep myself relatively calm. When I got to Honolulu, I followed Bill's instructions and checked into the Waikiki Hilton. The minute I got into my room, I did a line to compose myself. I've been given permission to take a quarter of an ounce for my own use. Strictly speaking, it was part of my payment. Then I waited and waited to do the drop. Eventually, I heard a knock at the door. Standing outside was an ugly Asian dude with an acne-scarred face. He stepped inside without saying a word, and I handed him the bags which he weighed on a small set of scales he had brought with him. He stashed everything in a silver briefcase and handed me a few stacks of $100 bills, which I used the scales to weigh rather than counting them. Each bill weighs one gram, so it's easy to do the math. The bills amounted to my pickup of $25,000, which I then put in a hotel safe. The Asian dude's ugly face broke into a smile. First work, then pleasure, he said. For a moment, I didn't know what he meant. Or rather, I was completely paralyzed with nerves because I didn't know this guy. And I had no idea what he was capable of. All I knew about him was that he was a high-raking dealer of some kind. But it turned out he wanted to take me to a special nightclub that night. And since I wasn't flying back to LA for another two days, I couldn't say no. The club called The Wave was in Waikiki. I quickly realized that this is where all the local party people hung out. I also noticed that my pockmarked friend had no problem getting hot young girls to follow him around. No doubt they were there for the coke. I took a couple girls back to the hotel with me both that night and the next. We had sex, 
I got a few hours sleep, and then I went down to the tanning salon next to my hotel to work on my tan before heading to the airport. I didn't want to raise any suspicions by looking too pale. I flew back to L.A. with the money taped to my body, just like the drugs had been. I handed it over to Bill when I got home. He gave me my share, and I was pretty happy with it. Despite the obvious risks I had taken, I did another five or six smuggling trips to Hawaii after that, following roughly the same pattern as the first time. I was still happy with my payment and continued to have fun in Honolulu. The real problem was the very thing I was smuggling. I could do as much coke as I wanted, and since the quality was so good, I took far too much and became totally paranoid to boot. So when I got home after the sixth or seventh trip, I was completely convinced I was being followed and bugged by the police. Bill, I said, cautiously peering out through the living room window, I can't do this anymore. I know they're on to us. Bah, he said, counting the money and stacking the bills in neat piles on the coffee table. You're just paranoid. I swear, I said, feeling my blood drum in my temples and beads of sweat on my forehead. I know they're tailing me. I've been over there too many times. So you don't want to do another run, Bill said? No. I shook my head and peered nervously outside. Another guy was living with us at the time, Dave, and he was basically Bill's right-hand man. Though he wasn't the sharpest, in any case, when he heard us talking, he offered to do the next run. Setting off two days later, the police were waiting for him when he landed, and he was given 20 years in prison. <laughs> 